Welcome into the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. This is episode 21. Blackjack. We're doing it. Blackjack. <laughs> we are covering But episodes. wait, wait, wait. Who are you? Who am I? Yeah. I'm your good buddy, Roger. Well, I'm your good buddy, Brandon. Oh, fuck, bro. <laughs> and you guys Another. are the Good Buddy Universe. We're doing it. We're doing feels it. Feels right. Feels right. Feels good. We're doing episodes five through eight. He had to think about it real hard. Of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Real de, quick, real quick. <laughs> I still think you're fucking it up. Real quick, I do got to bring this up, which is why you had to punctuate it so hard. Yeah, from the corrections the department. From the corrections department. One, last week's episode was titled The Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is not correct. Now, we did check the Wikipedia. There was one place on the Wikipedia where it said The Legend, but everywhere else, including the show and the credits at the end, correct. it says just Legend. Uh, I was certain I looked it up, and I'm pretty sure that's where I had to have seen it. That's fine, buddy. It's fine. You know what? Wikipedia fucked up, not you. Yeah. Second thing uh, from the corrections department. Last week, and I listened to it twice and then again just to make sure, (laughs) you did say that the original anime ran from 1998 to March of 97, which means those fuckers went back in time to do 110 episodes. It was, in fact, 1988 to 97. Yep. That's I fine. Know. I don't know how I messed it up, but it was me all along. It was Austin. pretty fun. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is my first, this is really my first uh, episode where we had to do some errata on me, and I'm, uh, I'm a little bummed about it. Yeah, all right. I'm a little upset. Oh, you'll be fine. I might shed a little tear. It's going to be okay. I buddy. might eat a little cheeseburger. Well, don't do that. It's going to cold ET. Only a little cheeseburger. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, so, yeah. what you. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Some anime? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some anime. But first, what have you been watching, big guy? What have I been watching? Not a whole hell of a lot, man. Just following up on my shows I'm watching right now. Um, watch my Hanabatos. Watch my my Hero Academia. I love this last episode of My Hero Academia. Oh god, it was so good, man. Like it was clearly just lead up to the action that the next couple episodes mm-hmm. I'm sure is gonna be. But man, oh man, they introduced a bunch of cool characters that yeah. I'm really into. Um, love that love that joke, girl. Yeah, and Minetta definitely had the best spot of that episode. You just he love great, that little dude. weirdo. He's you great, love him man. so much. He's grape juice. Can't wait for he's, him to die. He's the fucking best. I oh, be I'm gonna bummed. laugh so will, hard when he's the traitor. I will stop watching the show. <laughs> now, if he's a traitor, I wouldn't stop watching. No, you'd be even more into it. Oh yeah. Cause you, cause then he would have that all along. Austin. He'd be like, so he'd be like some kind of evil Bond villain. Like, can you imagine him in a tiny, like, perfectly pressed suit, holding a glass of grape juice? Like, yes, it was me the whole time. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it would, dude. Would it add something to Mineta for you? 
I still wouldn't like him. I don't hey, like him. Son of a bitch. I can't stand that fucker. He's it's so just great. the worst. He's, he's had like one moment that I actually enjoyed, but the girls asking him if if she can have their autographs, and they're all just kind of being quiet. And he's like, uh, he and he's like sneaking up. He's like, I give you my autograph. <laughs> the worst. I hate him. I hate he's him. He's the best, dude. And I still want to see what his room looks like. Foolish. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I've been uh, not watching a whole heck of a lot. Just uh, hanging out. How's Hani Bato doing? Is it getting any darker? It's it up decent. Them? I mean, we're about to. I mean, shit's about to go nuclear because the whole the whole darkness of it comes from there is the main girl who's named Aragaki. Yeah, that's right. Just like Joe's Aragaki. I can't, I'd love to see her fucking box somebody. Um, but then there's the uh, the other girl. Um, so like Aragaki's whole deal is that she's like trained. She wants to be the. She wants to be good at this. She cares about this sport so much. She trains. She trains. She wants to be good. She wants to be the best. Um, and she's very good. She's also very tall. She's kind of got like kind of a natural edge because she's taller than everybody else. She can whip a little ass. Uh, meanwhile, this other girl shows up who like the very first scene of the thing is actually not when the show starts, but like a year or something before that, where she's at this competition and gets straight up like 21 and owed gets destroyed by this other girl who is shorter than her, who just looking at her should doesn't seem like she'd have the physicality, but she's amazing at the sport. And she ends up, she apparently she's just kind of like naturally made for like her, her wrist movements and shit. Moreover, you find out she is the daughter of this person who was like the champion, the, the women's like badminton champion. And that's where she gets it from. She, she loved the game. She would always just play with her mom. You find out later, like they end up on the same team at the school or whatever, and that's that's where most of the conflict for those first few episodes comes from. But you find out it gets pretty dark because you find out that homegirl apparently lost a match, and you see the person she lost the match to, and that after that, her mom just kind of fucked off. She was basically abandoned, which is really messed up. And then later another character, like throughout the show, every now and then you'll see her and like, there's a bit where she like, she's looking through these magazines and she sees a picture. She's like, what? And it looks like her mom and some other girl. And it says something about uh, the new champion or something. She's like, "Uh," she's like, tries to just forget about, she's like, "Eh," because she's got all this, she's really messed up over her mom, essentially abandoning her. Cut to, she's now with this other group. She's making some friends. She actually like has some people that she cares about and care about her. It's kind of nice. And then this other girl shows up Mm. who whips her so bad in a doubles match. She makes her partner not play because this girl has it out for, uh, for little shorty. Who's with the, with the mommy issues. She has it out for that, uh, mommy issues. And another girl go two on one essentially against this girl. And she demolishes them. And then when she's done, she said uh, she pulls her hair up and she pulls her hair up in the exact style that homegirl's mom always did. And she's something about she says something like, uh, uh, yeah, you're not really her daughter, sis, uh, a little sister. And it turns out her mom apparently adopted this girl and made her the best ever. And it's like, whoa. And then in this last episode, mom shows up. She hasn't talked to anybody yet, but she's there. And I'm like, this is about to get real just nuclear dude Mm -hmm. so i'm pretty psyched for it it's it's some real uh real intense like family issues a bunch of stuff with like the competition Mm -hmm. and like you know these people who care about the shit and want to be the best at i'm I'm really enjoying it uh it got real dark in that one episode though because man oh man there was some 
I mean, it's just like this this girl's got a freaking psychosis or something now because of all the shit she's been through. It's wild. But yeah, I'm enjoying that show. It's pretty cool. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching? Um, I got two more episodes of Darling and the Franks to go. Mm-hmm. You still love um, it. I still do like it. I, I quite enjoy it. I've enjoyed it all the way through. I will say that, uh, so I talked a couple of times about the whole, like, episode 13 or 14 or whatever, the Bitchy Go episode. Mm-hmm. And people were so freaking wrong about that, because Ichigo is a great character. Oh, yeah. She's a freaking great character. I still haven't watched it. I have no opinion. And I I can't even, like, what did she do that was so bad to have such a violent backlash? I mean, I'm, I can fanboy out about things, but that is, like, you I mean, really what drawn, did she do? Did, the line. did she try to steal somebody's man? I mean, kind of yes did and I no. Did I nail it? Kind of yes nail and, it? All right. Kind of yes yeah. and no. Um, <laughs> the, the, the character that she has a thing for, she's had a thing for, for a long time. Uh, other character comes in oh, no. and immediately has thing with the, the character she has something for. Oh no. And very quickly, those two bond together. So bitch stole her so man. So Ichigo but is, not really. yeah, Ichigo is sorting those issues out. Oh. And she sees something happen to the, the character that she really cares about. And she's doing what it takes to try and protect him from coming into any more harm or anything like that. Mm. Um, and it's a really great series of episodes right there. The show is freaking amazing. And you, I, and you love, love it, it and people overreacted. and Yes, people definitely overreacted right. on it. I, I don't I think, even, it, if, I, I even if I to. hadn't known about that and been looking for it, I would have glossed right over it. Hmm. Really, like it was more of like an oh shit hmm. moment. Hmm. But not a yeah, not enough to to go and send a guy death threats over. I mean, it doesn't take much to set off the fucking nerds. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's hard times. Let's for talk the about Gamergate for a minute. No, yeah, let's not. Um, <laughs> but Anything so else? far, two two episodes ago, I'll report next week what I thought about it. Uh, but I love it so far, uh, and I mm, I really like it. Hell yeah! And then so I. I haven't went back to the one anime that I talked about, uh, how to not summon a demon lord or whatever. Do you Never think you're gonna? Never went back to that. Uh, maybe not. All right. And then I watched up to episode... Even Roger's booby lust has its limits. <laughs> I watched up to episode six of uh, the Magical Girl Raising Project or whatever, and I think I'm done with it. I've seen yeah. enough. I gave it. I gave it a half a series. Did it worth get of like real, real gory or what? Uh, the last episode did have a, a major character death in it. Oh boy! That I watched the sixth episode or whatever, and it was a pretty violent fight. But at the you know like the you're show, just kind of not into it. The, yeah, the show moves so slow, sluggish. Yes, and that once it got to that point, it was hardly even shocking to me that the character you know this was a major character that died. Actually, it might have been the 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 best character of the entire series that died, and I still couldn't have cared less. Oh man! Just, so, just... will I finish it? Probably not. Heartless. But uh, I gave it up to the episode six. There you go. I, I can't recommend it. There you go, faithful listeners. Yeah, the boy is out. He's out on this series. I don't know what I'm gonna watch after. Uh, I kind of the Frank, so I kind of fell off like that with flip flappers. Like I really, I'm in, I enjoy that show, but like I'm also like I don't. There's other stuff I'd rather do than yeah. watch another episode. It's not that it's bad. Yeah, I don't think the Magical Girl Raising Project is good. 
Okay. Well, there you go. You heard it here, kids. And I'm I'm generally pretty generous with anime. I can I can find stuff that I like in almost anything. You don't have to tell me, Roger. I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I feel like they could pick up the. They're like dragging their shoes for the whole damn thing. Hell yeah. And for it, I think that it has a really cool idea behind it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it sounds super awesome. A bunch of magical girls killing each other so they can stay magical girls. Fucking because fucking they're huge magical battle royale fans. style. Yeah. That sounds badass, yeah, but it, I mean there, it's just it too slow. Be. You say you're it just saying it's too be. slow. It doesn't yes. work. And like well, the first character that dies, like she dies in her sleep. Oh no! Like, well, that's like nothing. It's, yeah, it's nothing. You know, she doesn't explode or anything. And they're like, like oh, and it, also if you lose the game, you die in real life. And it's like almost Whoops. a... Yeah. It was <laughs> not as big of a deal as it should have been. But that's enough about that. I think I'm done with that series. All right, man. Uh, and that's all I've been watching. I'll have to figure out something, though, after Dark and the Franks, which I will Hell yeah, dude. Well, that's what we've been watching. If you want to let us know what you've been watching, got any recommendations yeah. for us, go ahead and drop yeah. us a line. We'll have all those plugs at the end of the show. Yeah. Roger, I'm very distracted by your screensaver and the reflection of your glasses. Yeah. You got, a, you got this beautiful multicolored yeah. twinkle in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But now to what we are actually here to talk about. We are breaking down episodes five through eight of Legends of the Galactic the, Hero. How, how many legends? Legends. No. Of- you said legends. It's just one. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't get this title right. Legend of the Galactic Heroes. De Noe Tese. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm never going to be okay with your pronunciation, but I mean, I'm not going to try it either because I know I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, well. But here we go. Let's jump in. Episode five. Birth of the 13th Fleet. Yeah, man. Yeah. They have a there's a baby in this. Are you gonna is that what you're gonna be doing the whole time this time? <laughs> you moved off the skibbity bebop and you're going to yeah. skibbity bebop. Oh, I forgot it. all about my scan. I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> Shit this episode, uh, this episode is kind of cool because it's the first one that is before it was flip flopping. Yeah, but this, this is, one went from they go on they go this right was on a, through a uh, young episode into a young episode into a young episode. Kind yeah. of a kind of a kind of a splitsy young episode. That next one a menage a trois. Okay. All right. Well, that's not all right. Anyway, uh, starts off. So the last episode, we saw that there was a young boy on Yang's doorstep. We now know that uh, he has, in fact, uh, become this uh, this kid's caretaker. Uh, I don't know how much longer after this is. It's obviously I don't know where the time jump was. I really don't because the last thing we saw in that episode was Yang having a conversation with Jean, um, saying that he's about to ship out and that when he gets back, he's going to get. Uh, engaged to mm-hmm. uh, to Jessica, and then the very next scene, it's snowing outside, and we see the kid there. Yeah. And then we cut here, and we come in. The kid's there. It's now right after a start day, apparently, mm-hmm. because there he's go- There's a memorial that he goes to, and the kid looks taller. So I, I think maybe that's where the time jump was. I'm really not sure, but yeah. there's been a time jump, obviously. He's pretty um, pretty well acquainted to the kid. After. Yeah, yeah, they're very. I mean, I'm sure. But like, then again, he does mention them damn boxes. 
Yeah, he, he's still he, talking about boxes. Well, that's because that. Fu- I mean, that's the thing. This 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 kid, yeah, Julian but- Mintz, is his name. He's straight up Yang's mom. Like he unpacked the boxes. He's got breakfast made for this fucker. He put the fine china. Up. He put up the fine china. He he has to wake him to. So if he hadn't woke him, he would have been late for the memorial. The man, the man is a mess, and I love him, but he's a mess. And this 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 small boy is taking care of him, which is. I don't know, pretty hilarious. I mean, isn't that what we all want is a small boy to take care of us? No. <laughs> not a, not the farthest thing from it, in fact. I could not... Good buddy, universe, I want to make this clear. There's nothing I want less than to be taken care of by a small boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, we said we said first episode there were some animes we weren't gonna like. Don't recommend this to us. And one of them, I was like, I could go. We could go this whole show without mentioning it. And you brought up that Boku no Pico thing, and I was like, oh fuck. Like, did I say that? You did. You said like, don't tell us to watch that. And I was like, yes, don't tell us. To- yeah, don't tell us to watch that. That was episode zero. Anyway, uh, we've got our uh, required. Uh, fucking pedophilia mention out of the way yeah <laughs> this is the worst it's the worst show ever just stop listening it's okay all right we're back come back to us now come baby back come back us. all right anyway uh kid cooks breakfast for him he's going out for the mar young says that oh i will i do want to point out before it actually shows the inside of the house you get a brief wide shot of the house and you see this sprinkler by the front door which i only mentioned because the next thing that happens makes no sense otherwise young as he's leaving says that he's uh he plans on acting like a real guardian when he gets back and he is promptly blasted by a fucking like power like like one of those like you remove paint with on a house water pressure blast, washer. a pressure washer of just this stream that just blasts him yeah who it's made his, these freaking- it's apparently the most powerful sprinkler system in the world as we see later yeah. but like yeah he gets knocked off his damn feet roll credits we're back he's at the technical operations center uh yong is still yawning as he's greeted by kazern uh who you now this fool's got an even long go ahead before you before you go that you don't think that that sprinkler would just kill the grass? I mean that. Well, so, I mean that so when you knock first, a grown man over the in thing. the military. When you, when you first see it outside in that wide shot, it's like a nice little stream. There's actually like a rainbow going through it because it's so fine. Oh, okay. And then apparently it got set to kill mode and just knocks him off his damn feet. It's pretty great. Uh, <clears throat> so Young's at the uh, at the center getting ready for this uh, this uh, memorial. Apparently, he's greeted by Kazern, who has an even longer title now. I wrote down the whole thing. Even though the first part is just where he works, he is now Alliance Navy Integrated Tactical Operations Center Deputy Adjutant General Rear Admiral Alex Kazern. This fucker's name is gonna be the final boss. Like, holy shit! He went. He went from like having like a six name title to I swear to God twelve. Uh, ridiculous. I love him, but I hate him. He's still voiced by Android Seventeen, as is another character later who is a very minor character. So who cares? Um. All right. There are a lot of rear admirals in this show. Well, that's what I mean. That's, Every, everybody, you that's know, a what rank. you're a rear admiral. You're a real rear admiral. Well, because everybody's it's, getting rear admiral. Okay? I mean, that's that's a rank, dude. That is a real rank. I mean, you can, but everybody's it's funny. Rear admiral. It's funny to say because I think it goes: is it vice admiral then rear admiral, or is it rear admiral then vice admiral? I have no clue. It's, but everybody's I mean, a rear a admiral. Yeah, sure, they sure are, bud. Uh, but yeah, he's a rear admiral. Um, he calls Yang the hero of a star day. Uh, Yang is, you know, doesn't particularly enjoy being called that. Uh, he says, uh, 
Kazern tells him that uh, he knows they didn't win, but he all, they also didn't lose, and uh, we wouldn't need heroes if we were on the winning side. Yang doesn't like being a hero, but, I mean, he is one, whether he likes it or not. All right. Uh, we then see, at this memorial, Defense Committee Chairman jo- Job Trunicht. I think I'm saying that right. Trunicht? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, he begins the memorial... Uh, <clears throat> For the 1.5 million people yeah. who perished at a start there. Holy Jesus. That's a lot. And then he goes on to, he, he, he poses a question that he immediately answers. He says, why did 1.5 million have to die? And in his seat, Young just mumbles to himself, because their leaders didn't command them effectively enough. And he gets so many stink eyes from the rest of the soldiers next to him. But he right. But he right. And this guy, uh, Job or whatever, he's giving out a JFK speech. Yeah. He's well, very, like, he almost sounds like JFK. No, not even that. I wouldn't even call it JFK, because JFK, at least, like... It's like, no, like, the some of the, the like the words that he hits or whatever, and even, like, his, his timbre and voice is similar to JFK. But it, it's, it would be different in the sense that... I would that say that he's not JFK. It's, but... less, it's less about, like... Because that was the thing, JFK's speeches, the ones he's best known for, were always about, like, you know, doing something for your country, etc., etc. Yeah. This guy, it's more about... It's less about these Not people. Not because it's easy, but because it's hard. It's it's less because these people did something and more because we need to honor their sacrifice and keep fighting, which means we keep dying. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 a it's a it's a slight difference, but it is it is an important one, I think. But yeah, the dude the dude has a uh, he's he's going on about how you know these people died for their country and that is the most honorable thing and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like okay but they still died they didn't have to it's kind yeah. of fucked up but uh he goes on young uh in his uh, to himself uh, again is thinking warmongering behind a lectern sure it looks easy he goes into this uh final bit uh where he says long live the alliance long live the republic death to the empire and everybody stands and is cheering young does not stand and does not cheer captain christian huh, asks why he's not standing yeah. Young uh, is pulling a, a Kaepernick. Yeah, he's pulling a Kaepernick. <laughs> he's, he's taking he's a, a knee, baby. He's a conscientious dissenter or whatever that's called. He uh, he says, well, I'm just, uh, it's the spirit of the speech. I'm free to not stand if I don't want to. And he says, okay, fine, but why? And he's like, well, I'm also free to not answer that question. <laughs> and uh, everybody's giving him those looks again. They look like they're about to beat the shit out of this dude. And uh the the chairman committee chairman uh mr trunicht or whatever his name is uh dismisses chris said that's enough uh he starts continuing and then a woman approaches down an aisle and interrupts it's jessica and she talks about jean and her her fiance and how he perished in this battle and the chairman commends her he says you're a very strong woman uh yeah, you know every every woman should be should uh, look should look to you as an example and blah 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 and he and she says well that's very nice but I'm not here to be commended and she asks him she says where do you stand why do you stay so far from the battlefield glorifying death and sacrifice and why don't presidents fight the war why do they always sin the poor why. <laughs> <laughs> They always end up home. Where the fuck are you? She literally yeah. does say, "Where the fuck are you?" Yeah. She asks oh, him, "Where the fuck are you?" Like, she 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 keeps saying, the system. "She keeps saying, where are you at? Where, you where at? are you at right now?" To where the you point at? where I was like, "Is this motherfucker a hologram?" <laughs> That's what I thought. Out Do for they a got second. the holograms here? But her, her, 
it's so good. But like that's that's the whole point of that. Like that line in that fucking song where, where the the fuck are you? Exactly. The question is like where where are you? Why aren't you the you one fighting? You think that I didn't listen it's to System so of a good. Down? No, I know in you high did. School, I, I sure know as you hell did, did, buddy. I know you listened to some System of a Down. We all loved some System of a Down. <laughs> Everybody's going to the party, have a real yeah. good time. Anyway. Alright. But yeah, man, she she kinda she kinda like just puts this fucker on blast and uh yo okay, I'm not gonna do the song anymore. Anyway, um yeah, he called feed us lies. <laughs> from from Alright. But he calls for security, says this uh, this woman's obviously upset. I'm done. Play the national anthem. National anthem starts playing. I didn't bother listening to it very much because it was boring. Shitty mm-hmm. anthem. Um anyway, the uh he he fucks off. Um, security moves in uh, to apprehend uh, Jessica, but Yang gets to her first, pulls her out. Uh, everyone else is all mad and stuff. They're just watching them as they leave, like all angry. And the the next scene, I, okay, I'm still I like what what's going on here? Like this this shows all kind of all over the place with this episode. Yeah, because the next scene they are in the they are driving they are riding yes. in an automated car which is doing everything automatically. <clears throat> you do see Yang uh, put it in manual mode because they start getting these alarm signals. There's an emergency, something like that. They're driving inside. They're riding in silence. And Yang takes the wheel because apparently a truck has lost control and it's like flying through traffic. He's dodging it. It slams them against a wall of this tunnel and there's a car that is stopped ahead of them and he has to slam on the brakes to barely get pulled back and not slam into this car. They're getting like enemy of the stated. They're getting eagle eyed. Like, I don't know what. (laughs) Yeah, this is messed up. But like this, it's kind of weird because this just happens and then it's like. All right, back to my job at the military. Like yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah, they're just having very a little comes conversation afterwards. Very little comes. It was so like, y'all, y'all almost got straight up. See, and I thought this was like, you know, like I, I thought it was like a hit job or something like who was that. that. Who was that dude who like his automated car got all fucked up and they thought it was an assassination? They almost got that guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is messed up. Anyway. But yeah, uh, afterwards, they are literally at an airport because Jessica's like getting on a plane and going back home. She just flew out to talk shit yeah. on the chairman. Hell yeah, you did. Hell yeah, you did, girl. Um, and they talk for a little bit. She says the military incompetence, uh, incompetence cost those lives and blah, blah, blah. He says, well, yes, but even if we had won, a million enemy lives would have been lost. Either way, there's no war- there's no room for ethics in war, he says. And she says, well, it's good to see you haven't changed. Uh, tells him to keep, keep climbing through the rake ranks for Jean um which is kind of nice uh Yang arrives home Yang arrives home Julian has prepared his favorite stew some kind of Irish stew he says and uh Julian they as they eat they talk about uh Julian joining the military and Yang tells him you really don't have to do that yeah Yang's a good guy he's like you can do whatever you want man I'll pay for it yeah because the whole thing was remember he's there on this this mm-hmm. whole military he's program a, he's an orphan of the war mm-hmm. so if he does join the military Yang, Yang gets this big loan to help for the expenses of raising this kid if he joins the military or a uh, military academy then he doesn't have to pay that loan back and Yang straight up tells him dude I'll pay the loan back I don't you don't have to do that he's trying to tell this kid please don't go off and fucking die like my friends but Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, screen clicks on. There's an, some kind of a silent alarm thing. And outside, the patriotic Night Corp is outside. And they are basically the future KKK. Like, yeah. 
kinda. They they even spell night with a K. Like um, they are a radical nationalist group. They he are, says they are the alt right. <laughs> they are they are the alt right. They are the future clan. Um, that's like a really com- like I thought it was in. I was like they said patriotic night corp, and I was like, do you mean night like at night or night like nights with a K? And I popped it over to the sub version to see the subtitles. Yes, night with a K. And I'm like, okay, definitely future clan. That's like a thing with them. They love being the knights. They want to believe they're knights and Vikings and shit. That's what the fucking... You know there's a Waco chapter, right? Yeah. That's what they call themselves. The fucking radical knights or some bullshit. Ugh. Anyway, fuck the clan. You can tell yeah. them I said that. Anyway, uh, apparently they're a radical, radical nationalist group. They target anyone critical of the Republic or who opposes the war. And outside, they're talking shit on Yong. They condemn him. They say, why didn't uh, you, you're sowing dissension by not uh, standing for the chairman and blah, blah, blah. And Julian is like, okay, why didn't you just stand, dude? Come on. He's like, well, you know, my morals. Like, fuck your fucking morals. We're about to get blown up by some assholes because you couldn't, you couldn't just stand and play along for a minute. Which, I mean, say what you want. The kid is mostly right. Like, they also almost, he almost also almost died on the way home. And then a grenade flies through the fucking window. Yeah. Just, yeah. They just casually huck a grenade. <laughs> like, holy shit. Uh, Yang then, I swear to God, turns the sprinklers on him. Puts them on fire hose mode and just blast these fools. Uh, they all scatter. The leader in particular is cowed when his mask falls off uh, and he has to hide his face and jump in their big van and drive away. Like, I mean, fuck these guys, obviously. He was the dude from the... He was in the military, right? I, I didn't recognize the face. I, 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 meant, to, the I meant to go back and re It was uh, the same dude that, that was giving the big stink eye in the... That sounds right. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. The biggest stink eye. The stinkiest eye? Yeah. He had the stinkiest eye. That's a stinky eye you got there, boy. Um, but yeah, uh, they managed to scare him off, uh, shoo him away with the sprinklers, which is kind of absurd that these sprinklers are so forget. Like, that's his security system. Yeah. He doesn't, like, he's got cameras. He's also got very strong water jets. Uh, hell yeah, I guess. Um, so Yang is bummed because his family's China has been destroyed. Uh, Julian but, starts cleaning up. He tells him. Really, they're, they're still acting pretty. Pretty casually. They're for, fairly casual. Well, Young's for, just incredibly casual constantly. Like, yeah. he's been in so many life or but death situations. But they just situations. had a goddamn grenade hook through their window. Yeah, but the fool's always... The fool almost got blasted to death in space by a bunch of ships, and he's just like, well, you know, and scratches the back of his head. Like, that's what he do. He doesn't... He's, he's doing gotta, what he do, He's yeah. got to... He's, he's, like, for sure on the spectrum, right? Like... Like, Jesus, like, man. no, I just mean in like the way that he, he obviously he's not reading like the situation for the dire thing that it is. It's not a bad thing. Like some of the uh, most brilliant people in the world have been. Um, but yeah, man, it's just fucking wild. Uh, anyway, Julian uh, is cleaning up. He tells Young to just sit on a table on the broken table because <laughs> you'll just get in my and, way. And he does sit right on the broken he table. He does. And he's all sad about the China. Uh, a call comes through from Kazern. Uh, on the hollow screen, which I only point out this hollow screen because, damn it, we got some more technology. We got self-driving cars. We got screens that pop up, and it's a hollow screen, and then it floats over to Yang so he can talk to Kazern on the screen. They're, they're a lot more... Uh, it seems like they have a lot more technology than the Empire does. I, I, not, I wouldn't say that they have more. I would say that it is 
to that technology that they have is available to the public sector. Okay. Because so far we've only seen the only technology. Yeah, it's all like specifically for military use, which makes sense. You only want the people on top to have all the power and all the technology in such a uh, fascist militaristic society, Uh, very patriarchal and whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. All right, but. Uh, Kazern talks to him and he says, listen, uh, urgent thing, you're being summoned by, and yes, you were right about his name, Sidney Sitole. Sitole, yeah. Sitole. Uh, yeah, he's being summoned to operation and it's very urgent. As he leaves, Julian tells him, uh, uh, Yang actually does for a second, like, you know, try to be, you know, serious about things. He's like... I, I know this is scary and whatnot, but and Julian tells him, "Listen, it, what's important is that you walk the path that you think is right, because no, if anyone knows what's right, it's going to be you, because he he really believes in this guy and his and his convictions and his uh, brilliance and whatnot." Uh, as he leaves, uh, he leaves. I already said that part. Sorry, I'm thinking about Julian, but he goes to meet with Satole. Uh, they play some chess because smart people play chess. Uh, Yang is being. Uh, promoted to rear admiral. Ba-ba. Everybody's rear admiral, dude. Hell yeah. And they're all getting it. Uh, he says he's wary the, of the promotion. He doesn't want to be made as some example, an artificial hero, he says. And he uh, and then Sitole, Mr. Sidney, asks about the plan that Yang submitted to Paeta, uh, or Paida, his, uh, his commanding officer, uh, who then rejected that plan and said, now nah, we got this. And he says uh, he feels that Lohengrom may try something again. He asks if that plan could still work, and Young says, "Well, yes, but Lohengrom that was that was just a trick. That was less like you know actual combat and more like sleight of hand. It was a it was a play. Uh, the next time he attacks, it's going to be in force, so that's not going to matter." Mm-hmm. Uh, Tolle then asks him, uh, tells him, "Well, listen, what's left of the fourth and fifth uh, sixth fleets are going to be merged and augmented with new soldiers and whatnot to become the 13th fleet. And he wants Yang to take command. And Yang's like, well, usually only a proper admiral gets that, not a rear admiral. He says, well, it's going to be half the size of the other fleets. Uh, it's going to be much smaller. You can handle it. And your first mission is going to be to take Fort Iserlone, which is a big thing we'll learn more about later. Yang is skeptical. Satoli tells him uh, success was only going to be good for you and good for him, obviously, because... Uh, we find out as Kazern's talking to Young as they drive home that uh, the chief needs this win because his term's about to end in 70 days. We get this win quick and it guarantees he'll be able to stick around. That's, I mean, obviously, win's a win. We want a win. It's also good for the chief. Going for the W, dude. Gotta get that W. No ills accepted. Uh, He adds that the... He starts to add, he says, uh, oh, and about that patriotic night corp, you know their leader is, and Young says, yeah, it's the chairman, right? Yeah. Figured as much. Uh, dude is running his own little, you know, uh, nationalist organization. Uh, Yang returns home. Julian's waiting. Uh, and Yang's kind of bummed out because he realizes, oh, man, this kid makes the best team. I ain't going to get to have none for a while. End episode. Kind of cute, but also, Jesus, dude, y'all almost died like three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fucked. But now we're on to episode six. The Capture of Easelhorn. Part one. All right, uh, young guys. All right, all right, baby. Let's get into what's it. The, what's, the, what's the name of that fort? Etherhorn, Etherhorn, Etherlorn, Etherlone, Etherlone, Etherlone. 
He's for blown. You said horn like eight times. Yeah, dude. Okay, I'm dyslexic. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> oh, baby. Thanks, man. I'm sorry. I didn't Thanks. mean nothing by it. Hey. You a little, little listexic? I'm a little listexic, yes. It's going to be okay. Sometimes buddy. I straight up just talk and get words backwards. Yeah, I've seen you do and it. And I play it off like I didn't do it. <laughs> Sometimes I oh, put... Like, and I meant to say that. Sometimes I put the word the where it don't even go in the title I of the show. I meant to say low in the mon. All right. Wait. <laughs> Foolish. All right. Uh, so, Young is talking to Kazern. He says, uh, as they're walking... He says uh, he needs Imperial uniforms and he needs an Imperial warship. And he won't give details of his plan, but he has one. And Kazern's like, come on, man. Uh, he also asks to have the uh, military police posted in his neighborhood be- uh, for the Knights guys. And uh, Kazern's like, well, yeah, that's easy for sure. Uh, apparently, he also asked Julian if he wanted to stay elsewhere, but... Uh, he vowed to protect our home, uh, Julian said, and he wouldn't leave. Yeah, this shit's gonna be a mess if I leave. Yeah, man. Ain't no, nobody else gonna clean your booty. Nobody's gonna handle I your booty. I spent an entire day cleaning today, so. Yeah. I, you, feel, I channel my feel, You're feeling Julian's pain. Uh, they then turn to the task of staffing the 13th fleet. Edwin Fisher is gonna be the vice commander. He's a kind of an old guy. Commodore Mirai as chief officer. He's a kind of a. Uh, bespectacled dude with a beard, kind of, kind of cool looking, and uh, how do you pronounce this name? Fyodor. Patricia. Patricia. Uh, yeah, Patricia. S- something like that. As the uh, something or other chief officer, I think uh, d- something chief officer. I I didn't write it. I abbreviated it. and I don't remember what I wrote down. Uh, he's also called the fighter because he's real big and bad. Hey Roger, who's your guy? Pick one. <laughs> Out of all those guys? Out of those three. Out of those three? You got um, kind of the old wise type. You got kind of the, the bookish type with his glasses. You got the you got the big strong boy. You like that big strong boy. <laughs> Can I pick? I, I want to pick the old dude. He seems really cool. Like the he old had a, dude? He had a really good... He had a really good... Uh, seems wise. Yeah. He seems kind of wise. He shut these, uh, these youngsters up too later in the episode. Damn kids. He told them to get the fuck off his lawn. And I appreciate that. Basically. All right, um, but yeah, those are those are the boys. Uh, Kazern also has an idea for uh, the to be who he wants to be the adjutant, uh, second uh, adjutant of the 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 group. Uh, he says they uh, this person graduated second in Claire class, uh, actually finished school better than Yang, had better grades and scores and everything. Yeah, this person and also is my favorite. has an extraordinary memory. And later, <clears throat> Yang is uh, approached by. Sub-Lieutenant Frederica Greenhill. And that's the blondie from before. I love her. She's hey, the best. Hey, Roger. What? Hey, man. You, you want to take a trip to the Greenhill Zone? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. That's good, dude. <laughs> her name's Greenhill. Anyway. Uh, she's the one. She's the one Kazern spoke of. Uh, introductions. She is, in fact, the daughter of Admiral Dwight Greenhill. And uh, Young asks her uh, what his uh, what her opinions of his plans are. She says, uh, oh, it'll work. And he asks why she's so confident. And she reveals that she was the girl in Alpha Seal. Uh, she brought him some coffee when he was choking on his sandwich. He drank it. 
and apparently added that uh, he prefers tea, but he'll take coffee and didn't even say thank you. And he's like, oh, shit, I feel like a jackass. And she's like, yeah, you should. That was pretty rude. <laughs> Yeah, he did not remember it. <laughs> he didn't really. He does, and but then he does uh, say, "Well, listen, yeah, you do in fact have a really great memory. So, why don't you, uh, why don't you put that to better use?" And she's like, "Yeah." She laughs and agrees with him. She's she's gonna find something else to focus on other than Yang's hilarious uh, rudeness. Anyway, they uh, Kazern and uh, Yang then go to the mess hall. A small group of soldiers are talking some shit on Yang. And even uh, even the chief saying uh, saying that uh, Sithole must have uh, some dementia setting in. Uh, they are then silenced by Admiral Bucock, who walks by, uh, saying, "Hey, y'all talking that shit? Stop talking that shit." And he goes on about his day. Uh, Young and Kazern uh, overhear all of this, of course, and they go to a table and kind of oh, man. Uh, at the table, Kazern says he's now gone over Young's plan, and he says, "Listen, it's reckless. It's." Like, you're for sure going to get everyone killed, dude. Holy shit. And besides, whoever, you're going to have to have someone uh, who's going to be the star of this. Apparently, there's a very important role that uh, he doesn't know if any, if anyone they've got can actually handle it. And Yang says he's already got a plan for that. To wit, we see Greenhill and Yang riding in a car as she tells him about the Rosenritter. They are the Knights of the Rose. They are refugees from the Empire tactical expert led by oh this name uh walter von schunkopf which i'm gonna have to say a lot the first time i wrote it down they didn't show it on the screen i wrote von shuckoff it's schunkopf like s-h-o with an umlaut n-k-o-p-f something like that it's absolutely ridiculous anyway uh, Greenhill briefs him. Apparently, uh, this dude was is uh, currently the thirteenth um, uh, lead, uh, leader of the uh, the Rosen Ritter, these Knights of the Rose, and that uh, apparently six of the previous leaders have already uh, have d were defectors back to the Empire. Six apparently, uh, you know, did their job and that was it. And since he's the thirteenth, everybody's afraid that he's going to end up turning uh, and defecting as well because you know thirteen super unlucky. To which Yang says, "Oh, so it's not based on anything real? Cool, let's go meet the guy." So they do. They go to the Rosen Ritter base. Uh, there's a brief montage. You see these fools training. This is what I'm talking about. You see these fools training. They're doing some boxing. They are doing some uh, exercises with these VR headsets, going through hallways, shooting and shit. It's like hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about, motherfucker. <laughs> Give me some virtual. <laughs> reality i want some virtual reality up in this bit hell yeah now you get me a laser playstation that dispenses pizza and i can fucking well talk that's about that's a coleco vision that i was gotta looking get for that, gotta get that nintendo 64 all right um but yeah it's uh it's looking pretty sick um but yeah, they then enter the barracks. Uh, they are looked at sideways by everybody in there. One of these, uh, one of these beefy dudes who uh, that none of them, none of them stand. They don't salute. These fools are in uniform. They know Yang. Everybody knows Yang. They don't do jack nor shit. They're just looking at him like they're crazy. Um, one of them talks about the rumors surrounding Greenhill. Uh, says, "Oh yeah, that's her, isn't it?" So it looks like the rumors are true. He's trying to take a trip to the Green Hill Zone. Uh, they ask again, uh, and as they enter, they they say, we were here to see uh, Schoenkampf. And uh, they just kind of look at him weird and talk some shit. And they ask again, listen, we're here to see Schoenkampf, or uh, uh, Green Hill does anyway. 
And the pervy dude walks over and uh, puts a hand on her shoulder. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you Shunkamp. You want to see my Shunkamp? And then she flips him over Ronda Rousey judo, Ronda Rousey judo flip style and yeah. just takes this fool down and then almost goes in for the kill with a big ass chop. Give him a chop. Yeah, give him a chop. Yeah. And her hand is caught by Mr. Shunkamp, who tells everybody else, all right, that's enough fucking around. Everybody straighten up. They salute. He salutes. They all salute. Everybody's cool. They were just fucking with these guys, apparently. Uh, and yeah, they then, uh, he also, uh, Shunkamp even goes so far as to bow to Green Hill. He's really trying to get on her good side. Checking out that Green Hill zone. Uh, mm-hmm. And they talk. Green Hill bone zone, you know. Oh, snap. So uh, Shunkamp then takes a, uh, Young and uh, Green Hill sets him down, and we don't see most of the. We we catch only the tail end of this conversation. It basically starts with Young going, "So that's my plan." Like, okay, classic. But we see the rest of this conversation later in flashback. Um, but basically, Young has laid out the plan for him, and Shunkamp says, "Who, by the way, is is straight up voiced by like freaking uh, Vegeta and Piccolo and all that." Chris, baby. Chris, Chris Bont, yeah. Love that boy. Love this guy. Uh, but he uh, he asks him uh, why why Yang trusts him so much, and Yang says, "Well, we couldn't do this if if you we can't do this if you don't." Uh, he he's basically lays it out there and says, "Listen, you're the I think you're the only person who can pull this off, and I have no choice but to trust you if we want to get this done." And Shunkamp's kind of taken aback by the fact that he just went ahead and put it all out there. I also love this scene because it the animation in this show is so gr- uh, really good, really smooth. And this uh, they kind of give you a little extra taste because they put all these little extra details in it to wit. There's a bit where he's sitting there as he's talking. Shunkamp uh, has a pen and he's just like doing a little pin flip with it in his finger. It's pretty great. Like the little detail he throws in. Anyway, I just love that. It's a little... Brandon like an animation corner. You love it, buddy. I love you it. Freaking love it. And he says, uh, and he asks Yang, "Well, what are you playing at? Are you looking for honor and glory, a promotion or something?" And Yang says, "Honestly, if once this is done, if we survive, I'm retiring." Uh, and he's like, "Really? Uh, you'd leave with everything in this state?" And he says, "Listen, if we manage to capture Easterloam, then we would hold the military advantage. There's no other way for the uh, that that's the uh, only way that the Empire could possibly get to them and actually launch a full-scale invasion is going past Easterloam. If we take it, then we have that advantage. And unless we do something real, I mean, we wouldn't do something dumb like a counter-invasion, would we? Oh, you know that shit's gonna happen. But he um, he says unless we do something really dumb like a counter-invasion or something, then we're basically at a stalemate. And at that point, it's all diplomacy, baby. No need for me to be in this military because the talkers can do their talking. And that's his plan. He wants to he wants to get this done and fucking bone out. Uh, and he goes into a pretty nice little uh, little speech here about how. Uh, it, uh, Shunkamp, uh, Shunkamp tells him, well, do you really think that peace can last? And he's like, honestly, maybe for a couple decades. But that's still better than even a tenth of that in absolute war. So, and he goes into this speech about how if each, a lasting peace could be possible if this generation can get past that piece onto the next one and then they can foster that and pass it on. And as long as we can manage to keep the peace going for at least a little bit, it makes it easier for it to last longer and longer. 
um, which is pretty nice. Uh, really, really nice. Uh, really nice sentiment. Although he does add, honestly, I'd settle for a couple decades, but that's the goal is a as a lasting piece. And Shumkov tells him, "Well, you're either incredibly honest or the biggest sophist since Rudolph himself," which is pretty great. Uh, back at his office. Young is going over the plan uh, with the rest of the crew, including Shunkov, who is now in on it. Uh, and most of them aren't on board exactly. Uh, they're like, man, this is crazy. We're, you're, there's no way this works. Uh, Shunkov says, uh, no, it's a sound plan. Uh, he's looked it over, and it's the, it's the best chance they've got of actually pulling it off. Uh, he also jokes that, and besides, if I get captured, I mean, I'm the star of the show. If I get captured, then, I mean, what? I get to go home? Come on. And he laughs. No one else laughs because they think he might actually betray them. He's <laughs> like, all right, tough crowd. <laughs> like, that was <laughs> Fans his shirt a little he's kinda, bit. He's kind of pulling his shirt like, hoo-hoo. Got a beat of sweat coming kinda, down. Kind of rough in here. All right. <laughs> 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 Fucking worst. But, uh, yeah, no one else is down with that joke. Uh, in the end, though, everyone agrees. They start making preparations. And the 13th Fleet, with its flagship, the Hyperion launches uh we then see easter loan fortress easter loan fortress and we get the full kind of idea of what what this thing's big deal is uh it sits directly in between imperial and alliance space in a, this huge just unnavigable stretch of this nebula it basically there's a corridor that splits through this nebula we actually saw it in the watch on the very first episode mm-hmm. this big like cut <clears throat> through the middle of the galaxy looking shit um and basically you can't get through there uh, unless you go through this little this little stretch, so that's the idea. Is if they're gonna if anyone's gonna launch invasion, they gotta go through here. We take this fortress. They can't go through there. We have the advantage. We hold it down. That's the plan. Is for them to take it. Uh, we also get an introduction to the two people who are running this thing, Stockhausen and Seeked, who preside over the base. Both of them are admirals. Both of them are very proud. They argue constantly, but they repel every attack mostly because they're trying to show each other up they are basically legolas and gimli how many do you get how many do you get like that kind of thing um yeah I mean, you watch them lord of the rings is uh i don't care for those movies but i have seen enough of them. i know who legolas is hand in your nerd card no i'm kidding i don't really give a shit people love them lord of the rings they they're sure fine. do they're Kat fine loved them. they're fine they're i watched uh she watched them last month i think she watched all like of- back to back to back uh, she went through Hobbit and then all the Lord of the Rings. I can't be doing no Hobbits. Well, she got the she got the extended ones for that all. That was of like them. that was like a little baby kids book, and they made and three movies out of that shit. And now she's know. like, I need to read all these books too. You definitely don't. It's gonna be okay. She definitely doesn't. Ah, eh, she'll be fine. But she's a bookworm. She likes it's this great. Stuff. It's a hobby. She's great. Love my good buddy cat. Go read all the books. Um, but yeah, these guys run the shit. Um, beyond that, uh, I wrote down. Oh, sorry, one more thing. Also, the base is a Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> it is a Death Star. It has oh, a big yeah. ass laser, which is called Thor's hammer, yep. and it will straight up demolish everything in its goddamn path. It is a Death Star. All yeah. right. Uh, <laughs> I believe there's a there's a, a like schematics for a weapon. I don't know if it's like ever been confirmed that anybody tried to build it or not. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I just know that there's, sounds like you're talking out of your ass. But go on. No, there, there's something. Thor's hammer is an idea. It's a satellite with a giant laser on it. I can shoot down. It's like a military uh, weapon. Yeah, yeah. Barrett had one of those in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, it's called a satellite beam. Yeah, it's called Thor's hammer. It was his, it was his limit. I seen. I seen. It's that. not okay. Don't say it's called Thor's hammers in real life because that shit don't exist. 
It is or maybe it does. Yeah. Oh, it fuck, bro. Let's see. Thor's hammer weapon. And like the house gets just, we get yeah. blown up because uh-huh. we know too much. Anyway, uh, you look that up. I'm going to keep going the with Pentagon's the Pentagon's new super oh, weapon. No. Now, oh. what website is this? Uh, task and purpose. Don't you can't be serious. <laughs> All right, we so weaponize media. We continue. Threat. We continue. Uh, the admirals. We see the. We get a scene with them actually on the thing. Now it has now switched from being about Yang and his crew to being about these guys. The admirals are arguing about some bullshit. Uh, when a message comes through, apparently an imperial crew on a secret assignment has been discovered and pursued, and they need assistance. Alberstein is there. Our good buddy Oberstein, fake Levi, uh, with robot eyes. Uh, and he tells the admirals, listen, this is, like, for sure a trap, guys. This is for sure a trap. And Stockhausen uh, agrees with him. Seeked, of course, is like, uh, fuck all that. Those are our people out there. We got to go find these guys, blow them up. And I'm, 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 I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm taking my ships and I'm going. And he takes his ships and he goes. He takes his fleet. So basically, Seeked runs the... Uh, garrison fleet, who is the which is the fleet that defends the thing, whereas it appears that Stockha- uh, Stockhausen, more than anything, uh, runs the actual laser end base inside, uh, which is pretty sweet. Two halves of a hole, they make it work. Um, but yeah, they uh, Seek takes his men in their ships and his fleet, and they go. Uh, Oberstein is in fact his basically his second, so he goes with him, and that's about that. Uh, an indeterminate amount of time passed, perhaps a few hours, and uh, the from the base, uh, Stockhausen and his men see uh, this Imperial ship coming in. They are within range. They see him pursued by uh, a bunch of Alliance dudes, um, and they prepare to fire their big old laser on the Alliance. Roger, you don't want to say anything about charging the laser? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm charging my laser. You son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, they prepare to fire, and the Alliance ships actually fall back uh, in fear of the attack, apparently. Uh, and from the ship, Captain Von Laken radios and requests an audience with the base commander. That's episode six. Let's go to episode seven. Episode seven. The capture of Etherlong. Etherlong. Pretty sure I said that right. Loan with an N. I said loan. Okay. Sounded sounded like mm. Part like two. Loam. Not loan. Loan. Part two. Part two? Yep. Part deuce. This episode's awesome. It's pretty great. Uh, we get this brief recap of the Rosenritter and Schumkamp. We see Schumkamp and his men in, the, in Imperial Garb making their approach. Uh, he's the only one who has lived under Imperial rule, apparently. The others, uh, remember, these guys are all... Uh, refugees from the empire who now live in alliance space and are part of an alliance uh, special operations but he's the only one who actually lived there the, uh, his two main guys who are with him who are going to be going into this uh, base with him are in fact uh second or third generation um in, uh, uh, imperial like uh you know refugees and whatnot uh he says that he actually did he's the only one who did live under imperial rule proper until he was six mostly just lived with his grandfather which you see a little bit of in a minute uh roll credits we're back ship enters and begins to dock uh 10 minutes later the crew on the hyperion has heard nothing and seen nothing all seems okay but everyone's a little bit nervous and uh mariah i believe is the guy who's like you don't think he turned on us do you and he's like Nah, he's fine. 
but what if he did though? And Yang Yang's like, nah, nah, he's fine. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the uh, in the base, uh, Lakin, who of course we know is actually Shunkamp, uh, introduces himself, says that they were attacked. Uh, only his ship escaped with, with the his bloody ass eye. He's got yeah, he's got like a he's got like a clearly a wig on because his hair's way longer, or maybe just I don't know, uh, some kind of wig, and he's got a big <laughs> bandage over his head and one eye with some blood on it. Looks like he uh, got messed up pretty good. Um. He says they were attacked. He escaped with these uh, uh, these plans, which are in a big briefcase. Uh, it was an it's an alliance plan to potentially break he's, through. He's got that money in the bank, son. He's got the money in the. He just runs in with a briefcase and beats the shit out of the commander. Yeah, that'd he's be great. Cashing in. He's cashing in. Boys ready to cash in. All right. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he says he's apparently got these plans that were potentially. Uh, could break through uh, East Alone and uh, attack the Empire directly. Sounds uh, pretty crazy. Um, he has to be taken to Commander. Uh, Stockhausen is concerned uh, because Seek ta- still hasn't returned yet. Uh, and he orders that they prepare for an attack and uh, bring him that soldier. Flashback. Yang is explaining the plan. This is back at the Rosenritter base uh, before the uh, little scene we saw a minute ago. Um, he says they... Uh, He's explaining the plan. They need to take the control room, basically. They need to take control of the base, get to the control room, take over. Um, They don't know exactly where the control room is, but they have a number of places it could be. So they have some semblance of a plan. They just need to get through there. They're going to have the the plan is to get in and have the enemy lead them to it, basically. Um, Shunkoff makes a weird comment about how it's uh it's like winning a woman's heart easy to talk about but hard to do and i'm like hey bud mm-hmm. hey chris you okay <laughs> it's kind of weird um but he ain't wrong i mean this guy this guy's got a lot of uh pretty much every lot every every line he has about strategy or something has to do with uh has to do with getting ladies at one point he says uh well we'll get to that in a minute but yeah he's kind of a goofball this fucking dude. Anyway, he's uh they need to get through while escorted by enemies, so acting is gonna be a major part here. Uh y'all need to make sure you got your uh your accents right, I guess. Uh on the base, uh Schoenkamp salutes a massive, massive statue of Rudolph as they are being led through. And we get another flashback. Young Walter, uh Mr. Schoenkampf, young Sh- young Schoenkampf, uh remembers his grandfather, uh he there's a brief scene where he's like uh you know sitting there with his grandpa and something about how uh i think uh a little little shunkomp says uh are the uh are, is the alliance really the enemy or something like that blah blah he is kid uh there's more sh- uh, flashbacks with them in a minute but back on the base one of their escorts notices a tattoo on the wrist of one of walter's men of uh, mr shunkomp's men uh and uh he comes up with a quick excuse. He says, oh, it was uh, necessary to gain trust while we were on this mission. We were undercover. We had to pretend to be in lines. They know, of course, tattoos are forbidden within the Imperial Army mm-hmm. uh, and Navy and everything. So they had to, you know, it was an easy way to make them think yeah, we're not Imperials just, to get just a tattoo. So we're going to remove this. Yeah, we're going to get it removed. It's fine. And he's like, oh, okay. <clears throat> it's like, well, that was fucking easy. But yeah, they, uh, they go on through. They are then uh, led to the commander. Uh, as to relinquish their weapons, what is this? Remier, Remier, Remier is this dude's name. This big, uh, this big um, 
like guard guy who meets him there says you have to relinquish your weapons uh you're also going to have to go through a full body scanner and as he goes through the full, full body scanner the latex now we don't do any of those um but yeah he has to go through this big scanner thing when he goes through it finds no weapons or anything on him it does find something in his uh jacket pocket uh Remir comes over and checks it and finds that pin that he was mm-hmm. fiddling around with before. He says, uh, and, and Sean Kampf tells him, well, it was my grandfather's. There's a big imperial insignia on it, that double-headed eagle. He ke- he says he keeps it with him always. It protects him. Uh, very sentimental. And Remir's just kind of like, yeah, all right, and just tucks it back in his pocket. Uh, they check ID again before they actually go through to see the commander, and it doesn't go through. And Shunkov has a little bit of a face-off with this guy. He's like, we need to get these plans of the commander. And the dude's like, you're not getting in until we confirm your identity. It didn't go through. He's like, well, who do you need to check with? He's like, eh, it could take a while to check, but I'll have to I'll have to send word to Odin, the head base, I guess. Um, they said it before, Odin. I mean, yeah. They've said it a couple of times. I guess it's the home base or whatever. <sighs> but uh, he said it, uh, and Shunkov just kind of calls his bluff. He says... Uh, uh, yeah, that's fine. I have no problem waiting a few weeks for that for the confirmation. It's just a couple of months. Yeah, months. <laughs> uh, it's rough stuff. But uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, however, the door then opens and a soldier says the commander's tired of waiting. Get him the hell in here. And they do. Uh, we then see another brief flashback of them uh, going over the plan. Uh, Yong Greenhill and Shun Company. Uh, they say at this point you're going to be face to face with the uh, with the commander, with uh, this admiral or whoever it is that's running the place. At that point, it's going to be completely up to you. You might have to improvise here, but we need to take over somehow. And he said, and he says in that scene, and as he's walking in uh, in his disguise with his briefcase, Shun Kampf says, "I'm sure I can figure something out." And then he sprints toward this fool, stabs that Remy or guy with a pen, uh, manages to like you know knock him over, knock him down, uh, and gr- manages to grab Stockhausen, pull, uh, grab his gun from under his jacket, and has him held up. He has him hostage now, and he's holding the briefcase in front of him. Uh, he introduces himself as Schumkampf. Uh, the Imperials are familiar with the Rosenritter already. He says he's with the Rosenritter. He says, oh, yeah, you guys, a bunch of, bunch of traitors. You can't take us. And he says, yeah, all right. And the attache case, the suitcase he's got, pops. He's cashing in, and it starts expending some kind of gas. In this flashback, I'm not going to write – I didn't write down the whole thing because it was like, okay, neat. You could have just said, like, explodey gas. Uh, something called cephal – particles uh some kind of mining gas that Mm -hmm. creates a controlled explosion under the right circumstances so basically he he now has this gas in the room and if these fools do decide to fire on him they all go we can all go right now son and remy or the guard who didn't trust him before he's like "Ah, i knew you were you were damn alliance or something like that and he's got his pistol he is shaking he's ready to go he has an itchy itchy trigger figure and he's about to do it Back on the Hyperion, 90 minutes have now passed. Uh, again, Mirai suggests that maybe uh, maybe he's flipped, and Yang says, no, I, 
regardless, whatever happens is going to happen because I, he says he is honor. He's going to honor his word to the man that he trusted with this dangerous mission. He's the one who's in in the most shit. If the, mm-hmm. if things go bad, he's going to trust him because that's what he said he would do. He's honoring his word. And back on the base, Schoenkampf says the same. He says that no. I'm, he says uh, they act, uh, the commander guy uh, Stockhausen actually offers him. Listen, you're Imperials like us. You let us go, and we we can work something out. This this will be fine. Just you don't have to do this. And he says, "No, I made a promise too," and he's not going to do it. He also uh, adds, a, throws in a line here <clears throat> about if I, if I, uh, besides, if I go uh, with the Imperials, how can I? How am I going to be able to seduce any more Alliance women? The boy's horny. The boy's real horny. <laughs> Roger him horny. He's trying to get that baloney bop, dude. He's trying. He's trying to get his baloney bobs, trying to take a trip to the Green Hill Zone. All right. Uh, but yeah, man, Stockhausen uh, tells him to drop it uh, when Rainier, Remier's, again, about to fire. And Stockhausen tells, just enough, we surrender. And they got the base. Uh, the alliance, uh, Remier's pissed. He throws down his gun. He's so angry, which I thought was pretty funny because if it had misfired, then they all die. Which is pretty great. But he just throws his gun down angrily. Um, alliance rolls in. Uh, Shunkov has another memory of his uh, grandfather. Apparently, his grandfather was uh, accused of thought crimes against the emperor, and uh, they were they had planned to flee to the alliance for asylum, which is how uh, Shunkov apparently got to the alliance in the first place. Pretty rough stuff. He uh, he was apparently framed, or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he really didn't like the emperor, and he was talking shit. But either way, uh, you're not allowed to talk shit if there's no free press and whatnot, no no freedom of speech and all that junk. Again, fascism. That's how that works, baby. Uh, back in the present, Shumkov's pin is returned. Uh, the blood's been wiped off of it. He's pretty happy about that. Uh, Mirai goes to him and uh, apologizes for suspecting him. Uh, Shumkov uh, forgives him. He says, "Hey, I don't blame you, man. I mean, I, if I was if I wasn't good at making people, you know, doubt my intentions, I wouldn't be very good. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten this gotten through with this mission. Uh, that kind of stuff. So." But these apparently um, you don't see this happen, but apparently sleeping gas has been pumped through all the base. So everyone's just knocked out except for, you know, the people we don't want not want knocked out mm-hmm. ah, nah, 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 stuff. It's uh, who gives a shit. Um, but yeah, for now, they're running things. Uh, Young and Shivkov shake hands. Uh, it's a real like, hey, we nailed it kind of thing. And then we see the garrison feet fleet. Uh, see, we see the garrison's feet. The garrison's feet. We see Mr. Garrison's feet. Oh yeah, oh, sweet feet, bro. The garrison fleet. Uh, Seeked has received word of an apparent mutiny. He wants to head back and handle things, and Oberstein stops him and says, "Listen, this is for sure a trap, dude. Like again, no one wants to listen to these people when they actually know what the fuck's going on." But he says, "Look, this is for sure a trap." And Seek says, "You know what? I'm thinking those robot eyes only see." Uh, only see dishonesty like you think everyone's lying and everything's a trap he's like yeah and i'm right (laughs) and he is right he's absolutely right and as he walks away he uh he to himself he says um fuck this guy like i'm not gonna end up dead on this ship following an asshole who doesn't want to listen to anything and as they approach yang has the base fire he fires thor's hammer but only at the left flank he doesn't want to want he doesn't wipe them all out he fires on the left flank and saying like this will this will scare him off uh it does not they keep coming uh 
So he fires on the right flank, and then he sends a message saying, listen, you're being given a chance to surrender. If you give up, you can you will be treated well as our prisoners. We will we will take care of you. You will you obviously are prisoners, but we will handle your shit. Uh, if you don't want to surrender, fine, just leave. But if you keep coming at us, obviously stuff's gonna get bad. Uh, Seeked, of course, refuses. Says they would rather die in battle than run or surrender. Uh, and that this is a something about a a, a a warrior's heart. I think he says something like that. It's pretty fucked up shit. He's uh he's obviously drank all the imperial Kool Aid and he's ready to die for this shit. And then Yang says, "All right, fine. Aim just at the flagship. Get you hit as few ships as you can, but nail the flagship. You cut off the head, and the others are gonna give in. And they fire." And that beam tears through the ship, uh, a few ships, but it nails the flagship. Everyone else scatters. It's done. They're going back home. And we see, as it fires, one tiny ship fly away from it and get away. It's Oberstein. He uh, he managed to get off the ship because he wasn't going to die for this asshole. And rightly so. The dude was an asshole. Uh, His haircut was stupid. He did have a stupid haircut. I hated it. He's a real jackass. He had a fat face. I'm glad yeah, he's dead. Piece of crap. What a... What a what a bitch. Empire scum. What a bitch. Uh, but yeah, he tears his stuff up. Uh, Yang then asks Greenhill to send a message to Command saying that it's done and he's not doing it again. This was it. Last mission. Drops the mic. I'm out. He ain't out. Oberstein, meanwhile, did manage to escape. I already said that. Uh, meanwhile, on the... <clears throat> we then get a brief scene after all this. For the first time, we are in the Dominion of Fezan. The uh, you know Switzerland, they're they're very, they're apparently neutral in this whole thing, and Adrian Rubinsky, who apparently is running things there, has uh, apparently taken an interest in Yang and is amazed by his success. That's episode seven. We're on to eight. We're on to eight. The Castrop Rebellion. The Castrop Rebellion. All right. So this one has some pretty cool stuff too. Um, try to breeze on through it though. Uh. So this one starts with a pretty simple um, just build up so that you know what's going on, what the hell this Castrop Rebellion's all about. Uh, apparently, Lord Oiken Castrop, who ruled the Castrop system, it was named after his whole family, apparently, uh, was the Minister of Finance under Kaiser Frederick IV. He embezzled a lot of money. And then he died, and then everyone found out about it, and the Empire tried to collect. His son, however, Maximilian von Kastrop, ooh, he just sounds like a little bitch, uh, refused to comply, and so the Kastrop Rebellion was started. And that's where we're at. Uh, meanwhile, back on uh, home base, I guess, uh, maybe this is Odin, I guess, I don't know, Lohengrom has assembled the Fleet Admiral's Mansion, since he is now running st- shit and has half the fleet at his command, he's decided he's going to take the best and brightest among all the Fleet Admirals, and they are going to work for him directly under him, they answer to him, handling business, and they're all, it should be noted, everyone he's got is young dudes, he's not got anybody, it looks like they're over 30 maybe, mm-hmm. he, he's handling uh, only the best and brightest and youngest among them, he wants to make sure that uh, he's got a real nice base full of boys. No, not really. Maybe. Maybe really. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's uh, he's got a bunch of dudes who are the just the bestest, and they're working under him directly. He then selects one of them to go handle this Castrop Rebellion, and of course, he picks Kirshais, who is now the rear admiral, and he wants him to end the rebellion. Uh, roll credits, back from that, we see Private Secret- Secretary Wise 
who is talking to the uh, Minister of State and Acting Prime Minister Klaus von Lichtenlade. I think I'm saying that right. Le- Lichtenlade? <laughs> Something like that. Like, these fucking names. Yeah. I didn't write down a whole lot of them in here because there's Klaus a billion names. Klaus von Lemonade, dude. Yeah, good old Klaus von Lemonade. But uh, he's questioning uh, Lohen, uh, the Lohengrom's decisions. Uh, but Lichtenlade, uh, Lemonade, he says he sees it as a win-win. If this Kirschrass guy wins, then we uh, we reward him and reward him a lot. That way he's in our debt. And if if he fails, then we have reason to, uh, you know, we show that Lohengrom isn't infallible and that we can, uh, obviously we've got more power after that. Um, meanwhile, at the Madrill's... Ma- at, they they at- also mentioned, too, that the, the people that he's hiring on are all... Uh, they're like the lower end of the upper mm-hmm. class and mm-hmm. commoners. Yes, mostly commoners. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. It's a good point. Uh, there are some nobles in there, but they are lesser nobles. Yeah, that's what. But yeah, and there's a lot of commoners, yeah. particularly Kershaw's, who was a straight up commoner, um, which we get in this next scene. The admirals match, and the other admirals are all pissed off that Kershaw's has been given into this opportunity of this mission. Uh, and when they say he's a commoner, he's a complete commoner. Why is he even here? Uh, one of them says, "Oh, apparently he's been friends with uh, Lohengrom since they were very young." And he says, "Ah, nepotism!" Um, like, oh, these freaking guys. One of them asks about the other two admirals who were not there discussing this, who are apparently Mittenmeyer and Ruinthal. Uh, from what I understand, and I don't know much about this. I, I again. I'm watching this one completely blind. I don't know anything about the series. Apparently in the original series, people love this Ruinthal guy. So I guess he's going to have a pretty cool role. Maybe. But they discuss this as well. Both of them have served with Lohengrim before. So they aren't so pissed off because they know how this guy thinks. But they still say that uh, this Kershaw's guy is his favorite. Obviously, he's uh, he does have some uh, you know proclivities toward him more than them. Which is fine as long as his job gets done, I guess. But you know, with these nobles and these uh, these guys, it's all about who's got the power and who gets the opportunity. Yeah, well, they're about to find out why he's there. Yeah, it's not about what you know; it's who you know, and you know who I know, my good buddy Kirshai's, because Kirshai's about to fuck him up. Kirshai's has a fleet of about five thousand ships. His ship is the badass all red ship that we see in the beginning mm-hmm. of the uh, beginning of the credits, uh, the Barbarossa. Hell yes. Um, Castrop has about 10,000 and from his flagship he gives the order to begin Uh, Castrop you see actually in his ship this dude bitch slaps so many people (laughs) This episode. Yeah, man. He's just a real jackass. He's, he's so his, sure he's that he knows everything. He's keeping his strong, dude. Yeah. Like, one of the... Someone one of the bringing dudes, out the baby powder for him. One of his dudes walks up and he's like, Sir, they're, they're, they're going to attack us. And he's like... Ruh. And he just slaps the shit out of his fool. Knocks him up. Like, doesn't slap him. Literally open fist. Just flinging it sideways. Knocks him down. And says, ah, We outnumber him two to one. This is nothing. And I'm like... Baby, I saw the first episode. Two to one ain't shit. But uh, here we go. He orders his, uh, 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 Kirshai's orders his ships to surround Castrops, and Castrops slaps that dude again, uh, when they tell him this, and he says, ah, you can't surround 10,000 with 5,000, that's nothing, and they, they say something about, uh, oh, there's an opening here at, uh, 11 o'clock, punch straight through it, uh, and one of his dudes is like, uh, well, sir, I mean, if you do that, I mean, it's obviously a trap, and he says, pow, slaps the shit out of him, too, yeah, like, if, if you got an enemy fleet in front of you, and there's like a little bitty gap. There's, there's a, a little, gap. little bitty gap there's a there, gap a in very there noticeable gap. Feel, feels you, like... You probably shouldn't go through that gap. Feels like they want you to go there, bud. 
But uh, he goes on through, and we should note this whole time, Kirshai, I mean, they're firing on Kirshai's and his fleet. Uh, Kirshai's the whole time, uh, his his guy, his dudes with him, his seconds in command are like, we should counterattack. We need to blast him back. Our shields aren't going to hold. And he's like, no. And he does not fire back. He is not shooting any of them. He has not attacked a single ship yet. Uh, but they fly on through. They punch a hole through that hole. And... Of course, the flagship, because Maximilian's a little bitch, is in the very back. He wants to make sure everyone's ahead of him so they can guard him. And they close in and trap him. And then he says, bring his nose to nose with this fucker. And they pull their ship right up in front of his. These fuckers could look out the front window and see each other. Uh, and he sends out a message saying that, uh, listen. And he, it goes not only to Castrop's flagship, but all the ships. And he says, uh, you should know we're only here for Maximilian Castrop. You soldiers have done nothing wrong. You've only followed orders. And if you will be spared and treated well, if you surrender. And then he adds, uh, he, uh, he goes on to say, as proof of this, that you will be treated well, I would like to point out that I have yet to attack a single ship. And then he cuts off his, uh, his little mic thing. He, he closes the feed. And Castrop, Maximilian Castrop's standing there, and he's like, this fucking guy. We still outnumber him two to one. Uh, we're on both sides. Pincer attack, blast this fool, take him out. No one moves. And dude gets so pissed, and he knocks down that first guy again. This fool's been hit three times now, and now dude's just, like, kicking him while he's down. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, and as he's kicking him, Everyone else on his ship just kind of pulls out their guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, um, I mean, fuck this guy, right? Shink. And they just start loading up. And dude stops. He's like, what the hell? And he looks around. And the whole time, we should also point out that he's been saying this shit like, uh, it's a retainer's duty to die for their master. I'm your master. You will, you, you, you die if I say die, blah, blah, blah. He's just a real asshole. Doesn't care about anyone. Um, uh, and he's shocked by this, and he stands up, and the guy he was just kicking says something about how, no, I think it, the master should be the one who uh, should be willing to lay down his life for his subjects. And he also pulls out his gun. And, of course, Castrop's like, man, fuck all y'all, and pulls out his gun and just gets blasted straight to hell. They shoot him yeah, so they, damn good. They piece him up, dude. They piece him up real good. He real dead. And uh, they just straight gun him down. Kershaw receives a message of surrender. He orders the, his men to uh, uh, he orders his ship to continue on to the to the planet in the capital. Uh, he orders his men to treat the prisoners with respect, and anyone found looting or harming them will be severely punished. Baby done handled business. Mm-hmm. My boy, my boy Red. Uh, he returns home triumphant. The other admirals can only sit in awe. They're like, well, goddamn, he really did it. They go on. They say, like, wow, he did it in only six, uh, in only ten days? Nah, dog. And one of them says, no, it's actually six days to get there, two days to clean up and uh, and handle everything. The, the battle was actually only two days long. This fool quelled an entire planetary rebellion in two fucking days. My dude does not fuck around. Handled business. Uh, he is then given an award, uh, with a blessing that he remain, uh, with the blessing and the, uh, hope that he remains true to the empire and f privately by himself. He, uh, he says, no, that's impossible because there's only one person that he will devote himself to. Oh, it's kind of nice. 
They poking each other, right, I'm dude? I'm pretty sure, dude. <laughs> I'm devoting myself to that ass. That ass alone. Foolish. They are, I mean, they're very close. They've been friends forever. In a second, you see homeboy tossle his hair. It's adorable. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, he then gets an urgent, urgent message. Easter loan has fallen. Dun, dun, dun. The fleet admirals, uh, who are all the different chiefs of staffs, are aghast, and they search for someone to blame. And in the end, the, uh, again, uh, the minister of state and acting prime minister does so. He goes to the uh, Kaiser and says, uh, Not to be confused with the role. You son of a bitch. He goes to the Kaiser and uh, says he t- he's taking responsibility. It, this happened on his watch. Uh, Lohengrim and Kershaw are then discussing these events. Lohengrim remembers this... Uh, Yang Wei and Lee, uh, who apparently took the base. And then they are interrupted by a guest. Oberstein is there. He was escorted there by armed guards because he is, in fact, a prisoner. Uh, he is to be tried for desertion and whatnot. Oberstein asks to speak to Lohengram alone. He refuses. He says, anything you have to say to me, you can say to Kershaw. Besides, whatever you say, I'm going to tell him later, etc., etc. Uh, a little bit of pillow talk, A little dude. bit of pillow talk, baby. Uh, but... Eventually, Kershaw says, listen, maybe it'd be better if I did go. He says, all right, do what you want. Kershaw dismisses himself, leaving Lowe and Graham and Oberstein baby, alone. <laughs> you can blame it all on me. Uh, Oberstein then wishes to give his side of the story uh, because he, as he is begun to be tried for desertion and whatnot. And Lowe and Graham's like, are you fucking kidding, dude? There, if you want to tell your side, tell it at the trial. There is, there's going to be a trial tomorrow. I don't need to hear your shit. And Oberstein tells him, listen... I know this desertion trial is only theatrics. My guilt and my sentence have already been decided. I uh, He's just trying to, you know, he's trying to talk to Lohengram. And Lohengram's pretty annoyed. But then Oberstein removes one of his eyes. He talks about, uh, says what he says before about Rudolph, how he would have been killed as an infant under the Inferior Genes uh, Act and whatnot. And he says he hates them, all of them, all the emperors, the entire dynasty, he hates Rudolph. He hates all of it. And he would destroy it himself if he could, but he can't. Doesn't have that kind of power. What he can do, though, is assist someone else in taking the throne. And so here he is in front of Lohengrom. Just trying to make a friend. With benefits. Maybe. I don't so, know if he's who's, gonna... who's, who's your guy, man? Oberstein, Lohengrom, or Kershaw's? Yeah, who who gonna who, who's your dude? Who's your dude? Who's your dude? It's uh, it has to be Lohan Grom X. Uh, you know what? Do this. Uh, I guarantee you that that that. Oh man. Anyway, it's oh, Kershaw's that, right. Kershaw's kind of cool. Yeah, he's a little sensitive. It's probably gotta be him, dude. He's a nice little nice little dude. It's set up to be that. He's got way. that ridiculous red hair. There is definitely the only thing is you know in real life he'd look like Ron Weasley like he. Oh god. <laughs> He's right Redheads don't look that he's good. He's running around his ship, the Red Rocket. Oh, no. He goes on a Red Rocket. You gotta take a trip on the Red Rocket. Is that Was that the bird That's laughing? That's Paco, yeah. That's Paco laughing in the next room. I don't know if y'all heard that. Oh, man. He's laughing along with us. He loves it. He loves that Red Rocket. Yeah, that's a Red Rocket, dude. Oh, man. All right. Uh, There's definitely uh, fan fix out there, though. Oh, I'm yeah. Dude, no doubt. 100% sure. Oh, it's everywhere. You don't even have to, you don't even have, to have theorize. Yeah. <laughs> as sure as Waluigi won't be playable in Smash, there is Lohengrom Kershaw's fan. I wouldn't be so sure of that. I'm certain it's not going to happen. We we had this discussion earlier, Brandon y'all. Is, this fool is so down for some Waluigi. Brandon, I'm telling him it's not, not going to happen. He's, he's already assist trophy. It's not going to happen. 
Not only is he certain. I am certain. But he's also hurting for a squirting. You're a fool. And that squirting is being right. But he ain't getting that squirting. I guarantee you Waluigi won't be playable in Smash. He will be in Assist Trophy. We already know that. It's over. All right. In this Smash. Maybe maybe in the future, but I doubt it. But I doubt it. All right. Um, anyway, Lo and Grom, hearing all this, calls in Kershaw's, tells him to uh, turn Oberstein over to the authorities. Uh, he has made treasonous statements. Uh, and he was not. He's not going to hear mm-hmm. any more of it. Treasonous statements. Uh, treasonous statements, and also he's a bitch, and I want him out of here. <laughs> okay, but he ain't a bitch though, because he straight up pulled out his eye. Yeah, check out my eyeball. How sick was that shit? This fool pulled his own fucking eye. I was like, you see this bullshit? All this I'm is what I'm living with, motherfucker. This is what I'm living with, motherfucker. Pops did it with a spoon. Oh man, and he didn't get any robot eyes. It's fucked up. He got eye patches. I miss, I miss Pops. <laughs> uh, good old Yen Bunma. Um, anyway, uh, Lohan Grom calls him in, blah de blah, tells him, uh, hey, the treason statements, fuck this guy. Uh, Kershaw's draws his weapon, Oberstice calls the bluff, he says, you're not gonna, you're not gonna shoot me. That's not the kind of man you are, Kershaw's. And he says, uh, you're the kind of man who, who knows, uh, how things work and who's willing to do what is necessary. Maybe, uh, maybe young Lohengram over here is only fine with having one confidant and one person to, uh, watch his back and do his work. But maybe, hmm, maybe I should just get turned in. And Lohengram tells him, all right, put it down. He lowers the gun and he says, uh, he looks at him, uh, and he says, uh, man, Seek must have hated you. You talk, uh, you say whatever you want. And Oberstein's like, yeah, he was not easy to serve under. And then we cut to Lohengrom kneeling before the Kaiser and the Minister of State. And they tell him that the Chief of Staffs, all three of them, these three Chiefs of Staffs have resigned as penitents for this, uh, for the loss of uh, Easterlone. And there's three big-ass scepters in front of him signifying the three uh, Chief positions. And they say, uh, so listen... What title do you want? Because, I mean, you're the only one who's doing anything right these days. And dude just straight up declines. He says, uh, I haven't earned it and I won't take it. Seeked is already dead. Stockhausen is imprisoned. Justice has already been served. The Chiefs uh, haven't done anything wrong. It was those guys. And that's it. That's all there is to it. And he says, please just let them have their positions. They're doing their jobs. And the Chiefs, in their little room talking, are a little bit pissed off, but grateful. But they're mostly just annoyed because now they're indebted to Lohengrom. He made sure they kept their job. Uh, but they are grateful nonetheless. He, uh, apparently, he also requested for Oberstein to be acquitted and transferred to the Fleet Admiral's mansion. He's part of the crew now, best and brightest. Later, the Prime Minister uh, talks to the Kaiser in his little uh, garden. Not to be confused with the role. You missed one earlier. Damn it. Yeah, thought I'd get away with it again. Uh, and he talks about how he fears that Lohengrom is becoming too powerful, and he may even try to make for the throne even. And the Kaiser is uh, oddly okay. Not to be confused with the role. He's oddly okay with that. He said he's already considered it, and he says, well, it's going to fall anyway, then... The least I can hope for is that its end is to be a magnificent one. 
which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's pretty fine with uh, losing some power. Dude seems chill. Yeah. I mean, he's like running a very like empirical, like fairly fucked up looking society, but yeah, he seems chill. He seems to be okay with maybe Lohan Grom taking over. Seems like it. Um, later, Kirshai's questions Oberstein's loyalty, but Lohan Grom is unpl- unfazed by this. And as he talks to him here, he is just straightening dude's hair, just straightening his hair out, which is pretty adorable because uh, Kershaw's is taller than Lohengram, so he's like looking up and reaching up and just kind of fixing his hair as he Bad talks to him. About, it's yeah. pretty adorable. And he tells him uh, as he's as he's saying this, he straightens his hair and he says, "If I can't control, go well, go ahead. You want to take your shirt off and have some cocoa." he tells him uh listen uh of course he's he's obviously gonna do what he wants but if i can't control one man how can i ever be worthy of ruling over the entire universe and then uh he dismisses kershaw's kershaw's goes and he stands there looking out the window and he says to himself oberstein will be useful he won't hesitate to take any means necessary for better or for worse and that's the end of that episode, and that's the end of our recap today. We will get to episodes 9 through 12, the finale. The finale. Next week. I do want to say there is a like a little special thingy on here that uh, on the subversion is the very first thing on the on the season. On this one, it comes right after this episode. I went ahead and watched it. It was pretty cute. Basically, the uh, Japanese yeah, voice gonna, actor. Yeah, I was going to ask you to explain that. So it's, yeah. we, we actually don't have any questions this time. So. Ah, what? Yeah, I put out the feelers for where we usually get a good bit of our questions a little late, so... Ah, uh, you ding dong. Yeah, that's me. Eh, we'll get some next time, but um, yeah, the uh, basically it was just a a uh, little special where the Japanese voice actor of uh, Kershaw's he uh, takes a little trip to the uh, there is an actual uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, hang on, let me look this up so I can tell exactly where it is. There's an actual um, cafe. Based on Legend of the Galactic Heroes, uh, it's called Easter Lone Fortress, of course. It's uh, got all the... There's actually inside, there's like animation cells from the original series on the walls. There's like scripts and stuff, like where the dude was writing the book. They've got like actual pages of his original manuscripts and junk. Uh, the outside of it has these two big like medallion things that show uh, Lohan Grom and Yang. It's really neat. Is apparently in... Let's see. Uh, the Ueno District uh in tokyo japan well, it says here okay, okay so tokyo is like there's tokyo then there's like different areas then there's districts within those areas there's a lot going on but it's japan tokyo taito ueno that's biggest to smallest that's where you'd go to find this place but it's called the easter Lone fortress uh and it is a cafe it's pretty neat it's just that dude going in there having some food there's a bit where he actually orders some fucking uh looks like some kind of green bean thing with cheese on top of it and homegirl walks over the waitress and she's like oh yes this is the thor's hammer special and she pulls out a fucking blowtorch and just blasts it because <laughs> it's thor's hammer and she just melts all the cheese and eats he's like yeah it's pretty good he has a drink that's named after Kirshai's. uh the beer shies? No. Is it a beer shies? No. Let's power rank some of the food you'll find there. I suggested... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Zigfrido pie. It's the worst. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't go down. Low and graham crackers for dessert. <laughs> I don't... Um, you're going to make me think of something right now, you asshole? Yeah, man. 
Yang Wei peas. That's one of the size sides. Chicken Yangs, dude. <laughs> Chicken Yangs. This is awful. All right. Anyway, uh, he does have a drink that's named after himself, and as he's doing hey, so, every table is presented with Kaiser rolls. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, as as he's doing so, another gentleman shows up who is the original Yang voice act uh, uh, voice actor for uh, Kershaw's. From the uh, from the older series, which is pretty great, they talk for a bit. You get a lot of little insider stuff about the animation process and the voice acting process. It's pretty nice. They're just chitting, they're chatting, and then another dude shows up who is the fucker who wrote the fucking books, uh, and they talk a little bit more. It's really nice. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's twenty five minutes long. Obviously, it doesn't have a whole lot of story or anything in it because it's just them chatting it up. But it's pretty cute, pretty cool, really nice stuff. Yeah. I thought it was. Uh, it was I mean, I'm, I'm gonna give it a check. Yeah, I'm gonna man, watch. It's it. pretty fun. But, um, so we don't have any questions. Yep. Willy Willy Wall. Do the song anyway. Willy Willy Hell yeah. Uh. Just go straight into them plugs. You, uh, got, you got a question for me, man? I don't have any questions. I do have an announcement, though. Oh, shit. There's for an any, announcement. For anybody that's local to to the Waco area or the Central Texas area, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. at Spin Connection on Franklin Drive in Waco, Texas. So now this is going out audio Saturday, yes? Yes. So by tomorrow, you mean Sunday? Yeah. Damn it, dude. I always forget about that. So when it goes out on Saturday. I always forget about the time gap. Assuming, so, assuming anyone's listening to this right Saturday. now. So today. Today. <laughs> today, oh. You almost fucked over everyone who listened. <laughs> All right. So. Today, oh. Today, Saturday. August 11th. August 11th. At Spin Connection. At Waco, Spin Texas, Connection. Franklin Waco, Drive. Texas. Jesus. The the Mary Janes are married with sea monsters. The the nice folks who do our theme song provide us with our opening theme. Yes. Yep. They will be playing uh, their first show in a very long time. They're amazing. Three dollar cover. And uh, three dollar cover, two drink minimum. No. Uh, I'm gonna have this out early tomorrow. There's no drinks there. Hopefully, uh, man, I'd love to go to that shit, but I work all fucking day. Damn it. All right, dude. Maybe you gotta. Come down with a touch of the Rhea, dude. You gotta go. Nah, dude. They I'm, can't keep you on the clock if you got the well, Rhea, it's a, man. It's a ten-hour shift. I'm not gonna be. No one's gonna cover that shit. Dude, anyway. you got the Rhea. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, dude. Sounds like fun. If you, if anyone out there is listening to this, and uh, yeah, in time. If if someone out there, all we right, should have announced it last week. If someone week. out there. One is listening to this. Two is in Waco. Three is listening to it in early enough Texas that you area. got through all two hours of this podcast and are now <laughs> hearing this plug. And you're still you still have time to get hey, there. At least I have it in my heart. I Go know ahead that and I did beat plug cheeks. It. Beat cheeks on down to those spin are my connection. good friends. Those are my good buddies. They're beautiful. They're and beautiful I know people. that I plugged it at least. You fucking the nailed very it. Dude. Least I plugged you fucking nailed it. Um, and they didn't ask me to. I want to do it because I love them. That's very nice. I love it. Um. But yeah, you want to get to the plugs? Yeah, man. Uh, All right. Well, I gotta go ahead. Real quick, I just, so obviously we didn't have any questions this time. Kind of a bummer, but that's okay. Yeah. Because if any of y'all want to send us some questions, you can hit us up at thegoodbuddiesanimepod at yes. gmail.com. Uh, you can also, pretty much anywhere you can leave us a comment or rating or whatever, if you leave us a question, we're probably going to find it. Uh, so check us out on the Facebook page, Good Buddies Universe. Yeah. We also have We're the, starting to get more viewers, too. So I know, I know at some point we're going to get some talkers in there. Hell yeah, dude. Check it out. Uh, we also have the uh, the Twitter, which is TGB underscore anime pod. All lowercase. All lowercase. Does it actually matter on Twitter if it's lowercase or uppercase? 
Uh, I, I'm like not a, I thought it was like an email true. address and it doesn't work. I know that matter. I know that if you type it that Man, way, we sound it like comes some real, that way. Some real Twitter experts right now. Yeah. Anyway, check us out there on the Twitter, on TGB the underscore <laughs> anime pod uh, on Twitter. You also have the uh, Tumblr, thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically just a meme hut at this point, but hey, there it is. Uh, we also have the YouTube where you may be listening to this mm-hmm. now, in which case you definitely missed out on yeah, this week concert. Yep. Because uh, <laughs> goes, this goes there on Sunday. Sorry. Uh, but that is, of course, uh, Rapid Kick Media, along with uh, Wrestle Forever and Two Dudes, One Couch, all mm-hmm. that cool shit. Um, beyond that, is that the media? Is that all the media? I think, I think it's all the media. But I remember the question for the good buddies. Oh, shit. Here's a question. Are you a lover of mysteries? You son of a bitch. <laughs> a secret of the unknown? If so, check out Hidden, a podcast that takes a closer look at all things cults, cryptids, and conspiracies. They update every other Wednesday. They did do one this Wednesday, gave just us a, a couple days ago. They call us the Good Buddy Show. <laughs> did they? Did you hear it? I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, it was pretty great. Uh, but they are doing... I'll take, I'll take what I can get. I love I love my good buddies, uh, uh, Braxton and uh, Parker. Parker. They're yeah. amazing. But yeah, they, they were like, two, uh, check out Rapid Kick Media, Two Dudes, One's Couch, all this cool stuff, and also the Good Buddy Show. And I'm like, I'll fucking take it. The Good, the good Buddy <laughs> Show, yeah. I love it. I'll I love it. it. I that love was it. so good. This, I loved uh, it. This Wednesday, the episode came out, and it was Om Shinriko. So yeah, I didn't know about the any Japanese of that shit. death cult, dude. I didn't They're know about any sick. of that stuff. Is pretty cool to hear about. These yeah. dudes were. Straight I listened up nuts. to the the. There's a so there's another podcast called Last Podcast on the Left. It's one of my favorite podcasts. They don't and get an official shout out though. No, they don't. Well, they should because I really do love. But they them. don't. Don't say the name again. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> the. <laughs> This other podcast. <laughs> what did they do? They did. Uh, they, a, they did it. They they had a really good breakdown. That's where I first learned about it, and uh, um, I'm excited to hear what. Yeah, I I'd never up. heard of any of this. So it was pretty cool to hear about. Yet. It's really really yeah. wild stuff. Yeah. So every other Wednesday it happened this Wednesday. So next Wednesday there won't be one, but the Wednesday after that there you will, will be. be able to check a new episode. Cool stuff, so, man. Uh, pretty sweet podcast. Check them I like on iTunes. Them. Leave them a five star review. Our good buddies at Hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For all your uh, all your cults, cryptids, and conspiracy, conspiracy needs, <laughs> cool stuff. Yep. Uh, not unlike us, I'm sure you can uh, you can find them. I'm sure like you can find us anywhere. Find podcasts or sold. Even yeah, though we just don't look actually for the Good it. Buddy Show. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, yeah, but we are the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. You can find us on your podcast addict. That's what I use. We're on Stitcher. We're on the Podbeans. We're all pretty much everything that you can find a podcast on, except Spotify. Cause fuck Spotify. Um, I you do can also. Tell him you said it. You can tell him I said that. I'm totally fine with it. Do what you gotta. Um, moreover, getting to the end of it, I do want to give a shout out to, as we already did, our good buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, aka the Mary Janes, for the use of our opening theme song, Paper Doll. You can find that on the. Uh, I'm sorry, Married with Sea Monsters. Bandcamp.com is where you can find that. They are also on Spotify, but that song, as well as some of their other, uh, some of their cooler, much cooler stuff, is only on Married with Sea Monsters. Bandcamp.com. Also, want to give a shout out to our good buddy Petty Theft. That is how you spell it. Two P's at the beginning, two T's at the end. He is Petty Theft on Twitter and on SoundCloud. Petty Theft. Dude is rad for our closing theme, which doesn't have an official name. I think we, at this point, we must be going with Sweet Anime Dreams. Yep, Sweet Anime Dreams. Maybe so maybe Good Buddies Nights. Ooh. Yeah. Good good Night Buddies. Yeah. Ooh. Good Buddies and Good Night. Nah, that's not bad. It's not bad, dude. Oh, I'm horny for that song now. All right. <laughs> but I think that's it for the plugs. And by now, it's that song's probably fading on in. Um, 
But yeah, next week we're going to talk about uh, episodes five. Uh, no, I'm sorry, episodes nine through twelve of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Dinuitisi. Dinoya. Dinoya. This. Something like that. But yeah, I think that's about it. So from all of us, I'm your good buddy Brandon. And I'm your good buddy Roger. Who's taking us out? You, buddy. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs>